Joe, we hit the season finale. Oh my god, we are. This is it. This is the end of it. Nice. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And uh what better way to uh finish on the season than uh having a weird stuffy nose because of the weather and uh regretting not wearing more clothes while sitting inside a house that for some reason cannot get warm. Oh I don't know. I know, right? It's a it's been a rough morning and it's only been about uh forty five minutes of it. Yep, I hear that. But so, yeah, I'm in like jeans and a sweatshirt and a hat in my hat in my room. I'm at a <clears throat> so I, I developed this weird habit of uh when I let Cooper outside, uh I just leave the back door open. So uh whenever he's done he can come back in. And just because of the weather. Oh, and if it's, you hear the sniffling, that's not Colin, you know, returning it to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I probably shouldn't do things uh, like leaving the back door open for Cooper to come in when he's ready, when it's like two degrees outside. Uh, even my computer is telling me it's very cold weather. Um, but, you know, I just want I want him to know that, you know, hey, as soon as you're done, come on in and everything. And, uh, well, you know, it just really affects the uh, temperature inside the house. So, Oh, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, thank God the the heat's still working. That's, I guess that's the important thing, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> the biggest problem I do have with the cold, and it's not the fact that it is cold, it's, uh, it's the fact that what's happening with my car and, uh, what obviously seems like it's going to be a long-term issue for as long as I own it. And, uh, I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about my experience about my car and uh, check engine lights and taking it in and, you know, being told what's wrong with it. And I want to dive into that story. And I also want to talk about the uh, article I sent you uh, earlier this week about the uh, the exhibits and the museums that are being covered up. Oh, that's right. I forgot what yeah. that. Oh, absolutely. I want, to, I, want, I want to try something different where uh, I say we're going to do something and then I can. Can we actually do it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hear other people do it and they have success with this. So I want to see what happens. Except, uh, except for Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon, right? Except that. Um, <clears throat> guys, before we dive into anything, I want to remind you all that this episode of this freaking show is brought to you by CarterComics.com. It's your one-stop shop for all your comic needs, whether it be graded or raw. Carter Comics has got it all. All you gotta do is go to CarterComics.com. Check out their amazing store. Fill your card up with all their amazing products. Go to checkout. Use the discount code FREAKNET, F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T. You'll save 10% on your entire purchase at CarterComics.com. Reminder, it is a discount code, not a promo code, which means that code will work multiple times over and over and over again. So, you know, if you happen to... Buy a bunch of comics up, use our discount code, and then maybe, you know, a couple weeks or a month later, you go back and find one you didn't see before because they're constantly adding uh, titles to their store. Our discount code will save you 10% on that purchase as well. So make sure you go over there to cartercomics.com, check out their amazing store, use our discount code, save 10% on your entire purchase. Um, Tuesday, I was driving to work, and uh check engine came on. And my car uh, informed me via the dash uh, that my engine power was being reduced. And uh, it's the first time it ever happened since I owned the car. Uh, 
Right. I never even heard of this until you were telling me about it. Oh, trust me, I do. I near did I, and uh, after speaking with uh, the dealership, I realized that this is like a four-cylinder issue. And uh, so after the check engine light comes on and everything, uh, I decided to leave the car in the driveway and drive to work with Carl until I get could get it into the dealership on Friday. Right. Got it in and everything, dropped it off in the morning. Called in the afternoon uh, to kind of follow up on it because I needed to know if I was able to pick up the vehicle, you know, that day or what the plan was and everything. And after a bunch of goofy shit, um, come to find out that what is going on with my car is happening to about 90% of four-cylinder vehicles that are being brought into dealerships in weather like this. Um, apparently Chevy's four cylinders cars, four cylinder vehicles cannot handle the cold. What? Yeah. Um, I, weren't they invented in Detroit? What are you guys doing? Fun fact. That's what the guy said. The guy, <laughs> the, the service, uh, the service uh, manager, or whatever at the dealership said, it's like, it's like, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Because I also own a four-cylinder, and the weather we had last year, that cold that we had last year, these vehicles were doing the exact same thing then. Um, And he even says, like, I don't know what people in Canada do. The fact that these were made in Detroit, and Canada's not that far off, but he's only seen it happen in four-cylinder vehicles. Um, He didn't exactly explain to me what I mean. I'm, I'm sure he did explain to me, but uh, it just I didn't quite comprehend it and follow through with it. The one thing I did understand was he said that the fix. He said there's a fix that they could possibly do that could fix the problem, except it's twenty five hundred dollars to do it. Whoa. Um, and it only might fix it. It only might fix it, and it's not covered by warranty. Because come to find out, and I don't know if this is just Chevy warranty, if this is just extended warranty, or if this is just the norm of warranties, but the reason my vehicle has a check engine light and engine power reduction is an act of nature, not a mechanical flaw in the Chevys. (laughs) And because... And because and of that, yeah, oh my god, oh yeah, and because of that, warranty will not cover it. Because the guy told me he's like he's like these this is a fix that a lot of people need, and every time we push it through to warranty, they reject it because the car isn't failing, the weather's failing us. That's um, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I think in it, a long time. It's stupid sounding because in my mind you would think if they were built for the weather, the weather shouldn't be a factor. Yes. You know, and it's like it's like if 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 I if I left my like window like cracked or partially open or something throughout the night and it rained into the car and that caused the uh window motor in my door to malfunction. I can accept responsibility for that because that is, I, that, that is, I could even see that as an act of nature because that makes sense to me as nature affecting the vehicle. Yeah. In a, in a, in a way that the vehicle's not made to function. Yeah. 
And because I left the because I left the window open, I can I can accept, uh, accept responsibility for that. If I if if I left the sunroof open and it rained in and messed up my my center console, I can accept responsibility for that. An act of nature caused by my own ignorance. But when you have a vehicle and you do exactly what you need to do in order for that vehicle to function and operate, somehow decides to not work properly due to weather, I don't see how that isn't a mechanical issue because that means that something in that car was not built properly for the Midwest. Right. Um, the guy, uh, he, he's, he's hoping, he said that he hopes, and I do too, and I'm sure a lot of people who also own four-cylinder Chevys uh, have a hope. And I'm not, I don't want to just keep picking on Chevy because I don't, I've never owned a four-cylinder until I bought this one. So I don't know if it's only Chevy four-cylinders. It could be Fords or Dodges or whoever has four-cylinder vehicles. Maybe they have the same issue, and it's not just Chevy. So I don't want to sound like I'm picking on just Chevy. I will pick on right, the fact yeah, that their fair. warranty will not cover, you know, my vehicle not working because of the temperature outside. I will blame it, you know, I will blame the warranty in Chevy for that because that's stupid. Um, right. He's hoping that maybe there'll be a recall on it, you know, somewhere down the line and it can get all these fixed and everything. Um, my biggest thing when he did talk to me and explained everything, I, I flat out told him, like, honestly, you know, with, with what's going on, the check engine light, the power reduction and everything, like, is, is this something that's going to cause harm to my vehicle and is it dangerous for me to drive it? And, uh, he, he assured me that it won't. Uh, the reason check engine lights coming on is because of the engine power, and the reason the engine is powering down is because of the cold weather. So, yes, I can drive my vehicle. Uh, there shouldn't be any problems, whatever. The thing he told me was, if the light is on, it's okay to drive it. If it's flashing, don't. Um, All right. But he said, you should be able to drive it, even with the engine power reducing, um, it's it's not reducing because it's it's breaking or breaking down. It's just it's just decreasing the power to the engine, which obviously that's what I meant when it said reduction. Uh so I can drive my vehicle. He said when it gets really, really cold, the check engine may come on, the uh the reduction may occur, but once the the engine heats up to a certain point or it gets warmer outside, that'll just stop, the light will go away, blah blah blah. Um oh, all right. That's so it's like so I'm like, cool, yes, and that's what I said. I was like, you know what, I could deal with that and everything because I just can't justify spending $2,500 right now on a maybe. I just can't do it, right. Right. you know. <clears throat> Same reason I don't buy porn, you know. Word. So uh, my only problem with the idea of, uh, you know, accepting what it is is the fact that when a check engine light is on, Automatic start does not work. Mm. Yeah, so when, because right now the light's off, they cleared the code and everything. Oh, and by the way, you know, thank you to Drowleys and everything. You know, I know you guys did what you could for it. I know it's more of a Chevy, big dad, fucking uh, big company warranty decision. I know you guys did what you could. And thank you for not charging me for my visit. I do appreciate that because they could have changed. Oh, yeah, that's great, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the guy, the guy did say, you know, because it's my first time here, blah, 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 you know, my first time bringing it in because of this and everything, he wasn't going to track me, and I appreciate that, because it could have been a couple hundred dollars just to say, hey, we cleared a code. Um, so I do appreciate that. But 
right now my automatic start will probably work just because the code is cleared, checking the lights off and everything. But once that check energy comes back on, I will not have automatic start until it warms up to the point where it goes away on its own. Right. And uh, I don't know what that temperature is. And I know that once that happens, I'll be sitting in a freezing car waiting for it to warm up just a little bit. Which, come to find out, you really don't need cars to warm up anymore unless it has a carburetor, which I guess I never really knew. Um, I just was always on the assumption that you want a car to warm up to a certain time to where you want to drive it without an engine block cracking and shit. Apparently, oh, gotcha. that's not, apparently that's not a real thing. I didn't know. I, just, I, I heard it once and just rolled with it. You know, I'm a very yeah, impressionable person. Yeah. Um, so that sucks. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I know why I bought the car. I know it was a financial uh, thing. I know it was a cost-effective thing. Um, but it's just getting to the point now. It's like, like, how long am I going to actually have this, and how long am I actually going to have to deal with this problem? Right. To be honest with you, I don't know when it's going to fucking warm up anytime soon. I think it's supposed to be in the 30s sometime this coming week, like for like a couple days, but it's also supposed to be like rainy and slushy those days, mm. and then and then drop again. So... It'll be great when the spring and summer come along and everything, but what the fuck am I going to do for next winter? Like, just wash, rinse, repeat this? Right. Get a heater for your garage. The guy did say, he's like, you know, you have a lot more, yeah, he's like, you have a lot more luck if you uh, park it in the garage. I was like, well, I guess I got to clean out the garage now. We got too much shit in that garage. Mm. Gotcha. Didn't even occur to me you weren't parking in the garage. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, I haven't, uh, I, I probably haven't parked in the garage since Colin moved out. Oh, wild. And, uh, yeah, well, it's just because, uh, you know, I, and I don't understand how I have a house full of shit when I used to live in an apartment because I always thought of myself as kind of like, uh, hey, I don't need a lot of things. I just need some things, but. Right. I have a fully furnished house, and I got shit in my garage I don't need, like a stove and a dishwasher and two couches and a recliner and uh, a, a buffet table. And wow. have this, yeah, have the shit I definitely need to throw away. And the other stuff I got to, you know, try selling, get rid of. Uh, but, I mean, having a car is a lot easier than parking a truck in there and everything. And For sure. Um and I did have the idea of like, you know, cleaning out the garage and stuff in the spring and trying to get it all organized to where I can park in there without a problem. Cause the whole reason I wasn't parking in it to begin with is because I was doing, you know, like the woodworking projects and, you know, trying to develop that hobby and, you know, doing something fun like that. And I just yeah, haven't done it. Like yeah. No, I haven't done it in a while and everything. I will get back into it cause I do have the tools and stuff that I wanted to get in order to do it. And I can always just move the cars in, the car in and out and stuff like that, uh, you know, when I'm, you know, working on the stuff, you know, and just, you know, park outside when, uh, you know, the stain or paint's drying and shit, but. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I've, uh, Colin's been gone since 2017 and yeah, I haven't parked in my garage since. I should. I mean, I'm paying for it. Yeah. I mean, it's, what do I want to say? It would cost you money to have storage space too. That's true. Yeah, but you the want thing, to like store all that stuff instead of having it in your garage. Yeah, but the thing is, like, is like the stuff that's in there, it's like, it, it's it's nothing to me. It's like, so the 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 stove is my old stove, and I replaced with the stove I have now, 
and the dishwasher was supposed to go with the appliances I got uh for my kitchen, but I don't have room in my kitchen to put a dishwasher. I mean, uh. I, could, I, I could put it in, except I would have no cabinet space for, like, pots and pans and shit, just because gotcha. I, I have a smaller type of kitchen. So, um... I mean, you, you've seen that, uh, that China cabinet thing that I modified into like a Connor mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So unless I took that out and put actual legit cabinets in there to put like, uh, uh, my pots and pans in over there, yeah, I just, there's just no place for me to put a uh, dishwasher because, uh, because again, no pots and pans. I actually won't even have George for Civil War and shit because just, because again, smallest fridge. So. Nothing wow. there. Nothing there needs to go into storage except for maybe that old chest that I got that I wanted to refurbish and everything. But it's getting mm. to the point where I don't even think I want that anymore because I just got no space in my house for it. Right. So it's um yeah. So it it's it's doable to to uh, to park in my garage and clean everything out, and uh, I just gotta you know move everything out to the you know the the uh, the garbage you know one big thing at a time. Yeah, so, but, um, yeah, but my, my, my garage isn't something exciting to talk about. It's cars. So if you guys have four cylinders out there that are Chevys, um, I feel your pain. I feel what you're going through. Um, also, if you happen to own like a, a, a Dodge or a Ford or a Hyundai or whatever, any other four cylinders out there and you haven't seen issue, let me know because I don't want to feel like I'm alone here. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, I'll never buy a four cylinder again. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, don't deal with that. Yeah. How are you doing, Joe? I'm alright. Alright, I don't have anything anything new to report in the last few days. No. Gotcha. So same old, same old. Well, I think that I always believe that the same oh. is better than worse, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. I did uh speaking I was as you were talking about the cold issues. Um, I, I'm still, still dealing with my, my cat's diabetes. And, um, I found out that the, uh, so there's test strips that go into the, the blood sugar reader, right? The the glucose monitor. Yeah. Um, they are actually supposed to be kept between like 36 degrees Fahrenheit and like 90 degrees Fahrenheit. And if they go outside of that range, they can not work anymore. Um, guess who had this? I spent like 50 bucks, uh, on a, on another, on like a new package of them to be delivered, uh, during that cold snap that we just had this week. And mm. it did not come in protected packaging. And so it took me, uh, uh, so like there, there is basically a dollar a strip, right? Yeah. I, I, I essentially spent $13 trying to find one strip that could read right. Uh, to calibrate my machine so that I could read my my cat's blood sugar last night. So it cost me fourteen dollars to check my cat's blood sugar, where it normally just costs a buck. Ridiculous. Because I, and I, and I honestly don't know. I don't know if it's Amazon's fault, like for not for being too lazy to keep their packages warm and like package them in something more than just like some flimsy paper. Yeah. Or if it's the manufacturer's fault for not like sending it to Amazon and letting them know that the temperature has to be a certain temperature. Oh yeah, I mean, technically medical equipment, right? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a consideration that people got put into. Yeah, see, and that I love yeah. Amazon because of the convenience and quickness and everything. But sometimes there's shit that they ship; it just doesn't make sense. Yep. Um, give me, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my money back, so I'm not like that. I'm not too worried about it. Gotcha. Give me one second, Joe. I got a work call. I got a call back in real quick. Oh, you're good. Because I'm pretty sure this guy's gonna like fucking bitch or some shit. Because why the fuck wouldn't he? <sighs> Hey, Tony, what's up, man? Hey, sorry to bother you, man, but no, I have okay. one question for you. Yeah. So, I thought I was done, but apparently they need a gallon for me, so I'm going back to get them a gallon. <laughs> well, why didn't they tell you that? Yeah, they tell me that they need a sample flashpoint, so they need a a gallon sample. Oh uh, yeah, they didn't mention anything about that to us. Uh, we, that's, that's, what, that's what I told them, but they're like, "Yeah, we need one." I'm like, "All right." So that's one thing. The second thing is that they don't have a strapping chart for me. I I told them I need a strapping chart, and they're, they're like, "I don't know what that is." I'm like, "What?" I have no idea, like, how can you not, you know? And I explained to him, since I manually gauged it, you know, I need to have what I got, you know? Yeah. That's... And 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 they're like, yeah, we, I don't know. The guy who I was talking to in the lab, he's like, yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't have nothing for you. He's like, he's like I can give you what you got. I'm like, yeah, you give me what you got, but it's not going to be the same thing what I got because I manually gauged it. Like, they're going out to digital. Oh, they got, like, a computer thing? Yeah, they got a computer thing. Yeah, that uh, that doesn't really work. Uh, so I mean, um, I don't know. You told me that they have. He's never heard of that before, and I explained to him what that was. And, uh, um, did so was he able to type it in and like produce a number at all or no? I mean, he showed me what he got on a computer. Okay, did you mark down that number? I did not. Okay, um, when you bring them back to sample, get that number, because that's what we'll at least have to go on for right now, and then we'll just have to get a hold of the office on Monday to get strapping charts. Gotcha, I could do that. Hi, um, I appreciate you asking for the strapping charts, yeah, because this place is fairly new, so we don't have any of them. Um, but at least this way, at least if we could get his number, then at least we kind of have an idea of a starting point and everything. Gotcha. So, I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Like I said, yeah, I mean, they... they they didn't mention anything to us about them getting a sample. Just we just needed some for APIs, but they, you know, they should have mentioned that beforehand. No, yeah, all right, sounds good. All right, thanks. No problem. See you. What a swell guy. <laughs> okay. Um... Yeah. Joe, how does uh, how does packages come to your house? I kind of like, I mean, like, because I. No one, no one where you live. Like, yeah. is everyone's packages thrown on like the same porch? Uh, they're just they're just brought to whatever porch they go on and 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 left. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, they just they just park on the street and then and walk it in. Gotcha. Oh my god, dude! I, I see, and that's and that's again because like I'm I'm trying to I remember because obviously I've only been to your your house once, so never actually to your house, just like in the parking area. Right. That's a lot of snow to walk through. Yeah, I mean it's not too bad. We we haven't gotten that much yet. It's mm-hmm. only been maybe 
uh, probably four inches total and not all at once. Oh, you're lucky, man. I think we got like seven or eight. Bang. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of lucked out. Uh, yeah. although I, I was definitely expecting, I was mentally prepared for like 12 to 18 inches. Then we got like, uh, maybe three and then it melted immediately because it started to rain. Yeah, I, th- I think. Well, I think when it comes down to like down here and everything, there's nothing blocking shit. Yeah, you know, it's like I I don't know. I, I've never been in the city of Chicago in the winter time. I know the lake and everything like really screws everything up. I know Lakeshore Drive really gets messed up and everything. I just don't know how much snow actually hits like the downtown area of Chicago because of like all the buildings blocking like the winding and everything. Obviously, if it's falling from above, I can understand it, but. Right. I would say, I guess I don't really know, but I, when I lived in Chicago, uh, and was going downtown pretty regularly, they would get snow, but it would only be like, uh, you know, uh, maybe a few inches. Like I might get where my apartment was at one time, I might get, you know, 12, 13 inches on the street, but then back down in, in the, uh, the downtown area, they might not get anything. Yeah, it's like because, you know, or no, they clean it up real fast. Yeah, and that's another thing. Where does all where where does the snow that they plow in the city go? No idea. No, I have no idea. I, I've never like seen it. Yeah, and are, and are people like and like how how big is like the like Chicago like public works department? Like, are, is everyone out there shoveling sidewalks like nonstop and shit? Right. I don't think so. So uh, they only just now, uh, as far as I know, made the city responsible for um, cleaning up the sidewalks. What was it before, like the uh, the businesses, uh, businesses and, and businesses and and uh, uh, landowners or whatever uh, are responsible for their own plot, their own section of the sidewalk. That's goofy. I'm sorry. That's, yeah, no. yeah. I mean, I don't know how it is downtown. Maybe it's different, but. Like the the church for whatever we we get a fine if we don't have the whole area shoveled. Yeah, but see, I don't get that. Like, I'm sorry, but I mean, like, there are people out there. I I think I just read, uh, not read, uh, heard on the radio coming into work. Uh, I kind of been had to have been yesterday morning. Um, a guy from Tinley Park and a guy from Bolingbrook died because of this weather. Jeez. Found, found in their uh, found in their driveways. Ugh, heart attack and, snow. I, they, well, they so they said that uh, they said that the cause of death is still pending autopsy and all that stuff. One was a sixty-three or sixty-seven-year-old guy, and I think the other guy was a little bit older. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I I I, I gear towards heart attack. Um, gotcha. I'm not. Uh, <clears throat> Um, I'm not exactly sure what happened with them, if they were plowing or shoveling. It was weird because uh, when I was uh, on the drive home with Carl, uh, he called up uh, his mom, Grandma D, and they were talking about, like, snow plowing and everything and how Carl was talking about how he was going to go outside and plow everything today and get the driveway cleared up. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm just going to give Nick's buddy a case of bush light to come clean clean out my Mm -hmm. fucking driveway because I'm not – Pulling this uh, snow plow out of the shed and pushing it up front and trying to get it to run and I'm not shoveling anything. Um, mm-hmm. it made me think of uh, Grandpa Wayne. Yeah, when he fell and busted his hip. Um, yep. 
doing that huge ass fucking snowplow and everything. And I was like, I mean, I'm assuming that, uh, you know, people do remember that, but I don't know why, like, that was the first thing that had to pop in my mind, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think, well, and of course, I think of my, my mom's dad who died, uh, from, uh, he, he was shoveling and then he, they found him in his garage. Massive oh, heart wow. attack. Damn. So, yes. that yes, was, you know, <clears throat> 10, 15 years ago, but. Yeah, I, 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 I think that when it comes to, <clears throat> uh, public property, you know, that's the responsibility of public works and all that shit. Like, I don't, right. I don't own my sidewalk. Hell, I don't even own my fucking easement. You know, I'll, you know, I'll still get that mode and everything. But it's like, it's like, I don't use your sidewalks. I'm glad they don't have a penalty like that for sidewalks and shit, you know, for me, because no, there's absolutely no way I'm going to be out there shoveling sidewalks and everything. Fuck that. No. Yep. No, especially, like I said, especially in weather like this, you know, and <clears throat> I don't know how many, uh, um, you know, you know, after everything that happened between, uh, you know, the last few years, how everyone's immune system is handling cold weather and shit. And mm-hmm. there's no point. There's no point in risking it. Uh, speaking of Chicago, though, I do want to talk about this article before we run out of time again today. Yeah. <clears throat> did, you, did you get a uh, chance to read this? I think I more skimmed it than read it closely, but yes. Yeah, Chicago Muse- uh, Museum covers up Native American display as new rules go into effect. <clears throat> so uh from uh from Business Insider or MSN, uh however you want to look at it, uh Native American grave protection and, and rep Repatriation. Oh thanks, man. I was I thought it was rep- reparations, but yeah, thank you. I was looking at them like that's too many fucking letters. Yep. So uh protection and whatever Joe just said act was established in nineteen ninety to facilitate the protection and return of native remains and cultural objects. New rules require museums to obtain consent from tribes before displaying these objects went into effect on Friday. Uh, the museum among the largest natural history museums in the world, which that I did not know. The Food Museum was the largest, uh, among the largest. I know it was big, oh, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, their collection is huge. Uh, yep, has one of the biggest collections of native remains in the country. Federal data from 2023 shows. However, it does not have any human remains on display, which I'm actually really okay with. I'm really fine with I am confused by that, though, because they – I wonder if they mean they don't have any human remains of native peoples. Because, like, I've seen mummies in the the Egyptian, Egyptian section of the Field Museum. My guess is, is they're strictly talking about like Native American remains. Gotcha. I, I would, I would have to, I would have to assume that, um, that this uh, act and everything that's going forth is just focused on like Native American. Oh um, yeah, I mean, I think that's for sure. Yeah, and I think it's a, like, yeah, and when they're saying like human remains, because one of the biggest things was uh, in the article is talking about um, displaying Native American remains, and they you know make the you know right. statement that they don't have it, which again I, I'm fine with because, and honestly, like I guess it's not that big of a deal as far as mummies, even though it should be kind of a big deal. Because, I mean, that's that's somebody, dude. You know, it's it's just right. Little, yeah, like, it, weird. It, it it it's there is something. So especially coming at it from like a religious perspective and yeah. and like a, a religious scholarship perspective, like mm-hmm. as you're walking through this and you're reading about what they believe about the afterlife and 
mm-hmm. how it all works and all that stuff. You almost you you find yourself wondering like, did they disappear from their afterlife when they got moved to this place? Like, are they in a new afterlife now because they're not in the you know whatever pyramid or tomb they were in that had all their stuff and like, why does that work? I, you know, if that's how it actually works, because none of us will know until we actually die. Uh, what what is what's going on over there? You know, I just I don't know. It's just uh, it feels disrespectful. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's even it's, as they're trying guess, to be respectful with it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, when if you sit there and you look at it, and I I, I don't know if it's a stupid way of looking at it or not, but like you just said, like you so you 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 discovered inside a pyramid there's a mummy of a person, and now that person is displayed for people to view in Chicago. What's different than somebody saying, hey, let's go fucking pull Lincoln out, prop him up for a little bit so people can fucking observe him? Right. You know, it's like it's very, very similar. And I I don't know. I mean, how, how, these these mummies are what? How 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 old? Oh, they could be, you know, between, I think, three and five thousand years old. OK, so so is that is that the uh, is that the cutoff between like and I guess I'm asking for myself, too, because I guess I can look at a mummy and be like, OK, cool. That's a mummy. That's a real mummy from Egypt and blah, blah. But if I was to look at a Native American that passed away within the last 500 years, I'm guessing, right. give or take know. 600, maybe um, it just, that seems a little bit too rough. It's just like ah, that's too soon, you know. It's, yeah, I hear that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think maybe a thousand, maybe that cut off, maybe. Um, right. But at the same time, too, I guess like you know when you look at mummies, you know nine times out of ten, like they're kind of wrapped up, they're kind of, uh, you know. But when you're looking at Native American yeah. remains, you're actually looking at like bones. It, it's it's a goofy right. it's a goofy concept. That I don't know if like maybe I'm looking at it in a weird way that other people don't look at, it. like in their mind, like. You know, a body is a body is a body, regardless if it's a thousand years old, three hundred years right. old, or whatever. And I know, but, I know, there are people who feel that way about it. I, I'm not yeah. one of them, but yeah. And, and again, you know, it comes down to a lot of cultures. And, and like, perfect example when you said, like, you know, these mummies coming in all pyramids and all that stuff. It's like, where would the bones of these the Native Americans found that people are displaying? Not here in Chicago. They made that clear. They're not here in Chicago, but other places. It's like, was right. it a was it like somebody who fell during a battle that just happened to be there this entire time to no one realize it, or is it somebody's um, grave that was you know disturbed and dug up? I don't yeah. know how. I don't know anything about Native American culture. I can be honest about that. I am. I will tell you right now. I'm going to look this up when we're done recording because I'm curious on how they bury their dead in Native American culture. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's, it can't be, I, I doubt it's wooden boxes. I'm going to guess it's more like blankets and stuff. Like back then, I'm talking about right. now, obviously, but back then. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember, uh, did they bury Cocoaum in, in, uh, in, uh, Pocahontas? Uh, I don't know. Oh, well, didn't she die? I think she died in England. So she probably got an English burial. Well, not her. I'm talking about Cocoaum. The the, the oh, warrior cool, cool. that was shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. I have no idea. I'm trying to remember. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I think they wrapped him in a bunch of shit, like uh, like blankets and stuff like that, and carried him away. But I was like, I might just be imagining that or, like, replacing that with another animated show. But I just never really knew. I, I just, I, I was like, I was always, 
Now I'm curious, and I'm probably gonna look it up after know. we're done, and I'll probably have to, uh, you know, find that answer for uh, the you know season premiere and everything. But, um, <clears throat> anyways, so as of now, it looks like the uh, the displays and everything are all covered up because of either, and I'm not quite sure. I don't know if I don't know if I you know understand it fully. If if it's being covered up because they have to wait on permission from, um, from like Native American. Uh, uh, communities or like the, I don't know who like I'm try, I know the word it begins with a C I just can't remember uh, like a Native American like group or whatever to say hey it's okay to do so like are they covering it up until they get that approval or are they covering it up because they eventually have to take everything out and return it back to uh, to a certain group yeah I think uh, I think they're waiting for permission uh, for now or approval whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that the plan has been or, or is, is going to be to slowly replace it all with, uh, with like stuff that doesn't have the history behind it, you know? Mm. So like, uh, the thing is, so like, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Uh, A lot of these tool, a lot of the tools that are on display in the, uh, in the museum. Yeah. Can still be made today, are still made today by people who are the ancestors of the people who made the old tools. And so what they might do is they'll bring somebody in and, and have them like teach a workshop on it and actually make the new tool. And then that new tool is what will go in the display case. And then the old tool will go, will go back and be like, Hey, sorry, we stole this. Thanks for making the new one. <laughs> you know, uh, so um, I think that's the goal over uh, going forward is to replace it with, with freshly made, you know, we have permission up front to display this stuff. Yeah, but see, and and that's what I'm curious about too, because something like that, like, couldn't that couldn't that just be like a quick phone call to, hey, cool, if we keep this up, right? You know, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, like, well, I, so the article says that the uh, that uh, it is covered up um, until they obtain consent from tribe before displaying the objects any further. Uh, for years, uh, tribe officials and whatever word you said earlier, activists have called for the speedier return of native remains and objects. Archaeologists and museum collectors looted tribal remains from ancient graves, homes, worship sites throughout the 1800s. Uh, when the U.S. pushed Native Americans from their homes, uh, museums across the nation have had to decide whether to remove native objects to comply with the new rules. Or risk violating them by leaving the objects on display. Uh, Peabody Museum of Archaeology and Ethnology. I don't know words. Ethnology, yeah, you had it. Thank you. At Harvard, uh, which still holds onto thousands of Native American remains, have not announced how it will respond to the latest regulations. New rules are the latest efforts by the federal government to ensure museums are given tribes the proper consideration over native objects. Okay, so my question for you, and again, this may be a little bit difficult for us to kind of ask and talk about because we're not Native Americans. Right. But, in your opinion, is it more beneficial for Native Americans to allow museums to display their, you know, display Native American items, uh, or is it you know, more logical for them to ask for it back or take it back or either way. You know, is, is it beneficial more Native Americans to allow museums to display the items or for Native Americans to have them back? Yeah. I, I, um, 
my gut feeling, my personal feeling is I would prefer that we give them back. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I mean, like if it has to be between those two choices, right? Like we're not going to ask them anything. We're just going to display it versus we're going to give them back. Oh no, no, no. Consent. Oh, with, with consent, display it. I, yeah, I love I, that. Okay. Here, let me, let me rephrase the question. Is it more logical on the native Americans behalf to allow displays to continue in museums or to ask for their stuff? Back? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. It probably depends on on what item, right? So, but like, if, if personally, personally, if it were me making a decision, I'd want my stuff on display because I want people to know about my 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 culture, yeah. my society. You know, um, I, I agree with that. Percent. I think it's one of the things. It's like, um, I I mean, obviously, it would be a long drawn out process. If you get enough community members involved or whatever, it could probably yeah. go a lot bit quicker. But Go to these museums. I think private collectors would be really, really hard to do. I think right. that would be the difficult one. But like the, the universities and museums who have these collections of items and stuff, if you go and look, and if you could, and if you determine something has significant like uh, history to Native Americans, and you want that back, you should be able to take it back. Um, but I think I think there's a benefit to it to be in the museums so people can acknowledge these things like like uh, woven blankets and um, uh, their structures they lived in like teepees and huts and stuff like that uh, right. uh, tools they used every day and hunting tools and like like things like that like if you find something of significance to like a battle or a uh, or a uh, a popular Native American figure I think those should go back to um, go back to the Native Americans. But, like, if it's something just like, like this is just a blanket, then, yeah, despite right. that stuff and everything. Um, I Yeah, because, obviously, like, if if you pull everything away, then you just lose the ability to learn about those things, you know, around the world. And I think the biggest thing is is to have that cultural understanding of people, and the best way to do that is to physically see things like that. Yeah, and, I, I and, think so, too. And at the same time, like, you know, whatever – if if they go that route, whatever artifacts they do end up getting back and you know, they could probably build their own museum in their own you know, in their own way and do it their own type of way and stuff like that. Um yeah, I would hate for I would hate for everything to be taken away. But obviously I would want the stuff going back to them that is the most important to them on that aspect. Right, for sure. And I think I think uh you know I I, I don't know I don't know how to express this. I I think that like the the main fear that I would have about having stuff be in a museum is that people would assume that my people weren't around anymore. And so if there was a way to keep it on display but make it clear that like we still exist and live, you know, like 10 miles from here or whatever, um that would make me feel the best, I think, is to to be able to be like, look, it's cool that you get to know about like the the awesome technology my my ancestors came with to like uh you know this is how we got around before we had cows and horses or you know um because you know there there weren't horses i mean there were there were prehistoric horses in america before uh the europeans got here but they they were i believe either hunted to extinction or uh like something like that but there there were no horses in North America before the Europeans got here for like thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And so the horse completely changed Native American culture when, when the Europeans got, uh, came, right? So like, 
there's all this technology that Native Americans had in between, you know, when they got here and when the Europeans brought horses that is totally different and like is not a way, you know, like like the way that you think about things when you don't have a horse to get around is different than the way you think about things when you have a horse or when you don't have a car and then you have a car. Like it's it's such a different mindset for technology. You know, and there's all this cool stuff. So it, it it would be neat to be able to show off, like, look at the ingenuity of, of my ancestors who didn't have horses, you know, or whatever, or, or whatever, whatever technology. They didn't have firearms. They didn't have, you know, this or that, but they were able to create this, uh, you know, and, and not to, not to like overdo it and be like, look at these amazing people who definitely never killed each other or anything. Like, mm-hmm. that's nonsense. But they, they had, this relationship with with nature that was so like uh symbiotic you know they they worked together uh in such a way that like when europeans got here they thought that the continent had literally been made for people to live on it and actually it was just it was the work of like uh, 20 30,000 years of of very careful agriculture that's so careful it doesn't even look like agriculture you know, I don't know. It's just it's that's the kind of stuff that I want to know about and want people to know more about. And so, like, you know, if if someone has to get their their cool ceremonial item back to for me to learn about the cool the other cool stuff, uh, yeah. fine, good trade. <laughs> yeah, like I said, no, and every, everything you said, phenomenal, Joe. And that's why I love doing this because we can find topics like this, and I can be educated and learn a little bit more too. Um, but yeah, it's just like it, it seems. I, I guess from a perspective of who, of, I guess from my perspective, um, for me it seems like a simple solution, but I know it's I know it's much more than that. Right. Um, I I I hope they do come to like a like a common agreement to where they say, hey, listen, you know, we do want these things back, but these things, you know, I'm okay with, you know, continuously being displayed and everything. And I think I think like you said, if you incorporate more of what's going on today into it. Um, I think it just makes it a little bit better because I do understand what you're talking about, about like, you know, if this stuff is in a museum, that means this stuff is gone. You know, the, like, like to display it in a museum makes the Native Americans seem like the dodo. Right. You know, here it is, you know, admire it for what it is because it's no longer here. And it, it's clearly obviously not the case. Um, but yeah, I think if you, uh, if you, if you, if you make the displays and like the presentations, like, a, like a, like a progression over time, to what's going on today and everything, I think that would help out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, it, it's just, it was just a weird thing. Like I said, like when the article came up, I was like, like they're white, okay, swing. They're co- Cause obviously I just read the article. I was like, you know, they're covering up Native American things. I was like, well, what the fuck happened in Chicago? But then you right. can find out that it's all, it's all over the country. And then you find out this, that this rule was, I mean, not this, this rule is new, right? It's, it's a new interpretation of, of the law that was passed. Uh, yeah. But this law has been around for, you know, 30, 34 years. Mm-hmm. Why is this the first time that, that anyone's being like, hey, maybe we should, like, uh, take this law seriously? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, that, that's almost my bigger question is, is like, why did it take 34 years to get to the point where it's like, oh, maybe we should ask for permission to put this on display before we display it. Let's cover yeah. things up for a second. And I don't know. It, it, it seems like either somebody did something bad. Like, 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 like what happened that like all of a sudden like this has come to light. So my thought is right. either something like 
either somebody did something that was uh that like people really did, desecrated or something. Yeah, like yeah, like like Native Americans really didn't like or uh somebody who is the head of this organization was kind of like, "Hey, you guys realize that like our history doesn't belong to us right now because it's in these museums and everything like that. I mean, and I, I think it's just kind of like, um, like maybe like, I don't want to say lax, but you know, maybe people have just been lax over the course of the last 30 years. Like, like, yeah, they're explaining it. It's fine. You know, it is what it is and everything. But I think like the younger generation who, you know, want to preserve like, you know, their, their legacy and their heritage is just like, you know, I wouldn't mind having these items back. And there's actually, an act that's been put in place since I think it's in 1990 that states right. uh, we have the right to possess this stuff. You know, why aren't we, you know, why aren't we holding on to what brought us to where we are today? Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm looking into this a little bit and mm-hmm. um, let me, let me double check one thing real fast, but yeah. um, I was looking to see who, who's, who's in charge of like coming up with these rules. Um, and yes, that's what I thought. So it's the uh, the Department of the Interior is the person who's in charge of this, who, like the like Department of Indian Affairs, which I, I think is the old name for things, falls yeah. underneath the purview of the Department of the Interior. Mm-hmm. And um, the current Secretary of the Interior, uh, Deb Holland, H-A-A-L-A-N-D, um, she is the first Native American to ever serve as a cabinet secretary at all. And so it may just be that, like, She's actually native. And so she's like, hey, this is how we should be interpreting this rule. And like we just we've never had an actual Native American in that position. Um, So maybe maybe that's what it is. Okay, yeah. So like they finally have a voice to make something to make it what it is. Right. Okay. That makes perfect sense to me then. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, good for her. Good for her for doing that. Absolutely. And the thing is, like, it sounds, and it sounds like, and obviously, like, it, again, it's, it's just the one article. Um, you've done more research in this show than I've done in the last few days. Um, it seems like it's being done the right way too. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I've only know the, I only know Chicago and I guess a little bit of Harvard in the article, but it seems like people are honoring this request for the, you know, to, to come to a common ground thing. You know, I, who knows? I'm sure there's a museum out there somewhere. Saying like like you know hey fuck you this is our stuff you know right yeah we still have uh, these teeth fair and square right <laughs> but at least at least it's something nice coming out of Chicago like hey yes we'll cover this up until we come to some kind of common ground I said I would I would hope that they are able to at least keep some of the things uh, just so you know it can be appreciated and uh, admired and stuff uh, but at the same time the stuff that has significant historical value to uh, Native Americans, I yes, I would love to, for them to have back. And what was that girl's name again? Holland. Yeah, Deb Deb Holland. Deb Holland, you know, congrats to you for you know you know being the first of something. That's a rare thing to happen nowadays. Um, yeah. and, and good for you for looking out for you know you know your people and your heritage. That's a phenomenal thing, and I'm glad that um that you know like I said, it's it's cool just it's being done the right way. You know, a lot of our right. things. Yeah, like, it, like it feels good when we get something right for once. There's yeah. so much like stuff we don't get right all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anyone who fights back on something like this, like, don't be a monster. Like, just yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's silly. Yeah. It's silly to fight about because we're we 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 have such good replication techniques now. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you can't find an artisan to make it, 
you can just like scan it and then 3D print it. It's going to look the same behind glass. Exactly. You know, you won't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, uh, what are you freaking thinking about? Um, man, I, I hate, I hate to be just hanging out in the same old well, but I, uh, I'm now approaching episode 700 of One Piece. How many are there? 900? Uh, there's, there's like, uh, almost 1200 now. Oh, 1200, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Keep I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I uh I I accidentally binged it most of the day yesterday, just had it on in the background. Um so I, I broke my rule of, of only three a day. But uh I just I I hit a good patch of story and I couldn't stop. You know how that goes? I wanna I wanna try something for season for this season, uh next season. Yeah. Um so over on JFW uh, Nubby is a current SCW High Voltage Champion, and every time we start the show out, he announces himself as the SCW High Voltage Champion, and then Pac-Man will tell him how many days he has been High Voltage Champion. Starting on episode one of season eight, I need you to tell me the episode number you are on, and we're going to keep doing that until you finish the show. Excellent. Because... Because that just sounds entertaining to me. I just want to be like, yeah, I'm Cartoon Joe, and I'm currently on episode 104, or 1,004 one, one of, and shit like that. And we'll just keep going until you finish the show. Perfect. And that will help me, because, like, to be able to stretch it out for the show, because eventually I am going to be caught up, and then it's going to be like, yep, I'm on episode 1189. Now I'm on episode 1190, because there's not anything else left to binge. Well, yeah, because um, what what would you say? Like you, like based on the you're watching, you'll be done by summer, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll be caught up by summer, and then they think that there's going to be another, probably another year of it coming out weekly. There we go. See, yeah, it's uh perfect. This is gonna be this is gonna be our running thing until we're done with this show. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. What about you? What are you freaking thinking about? Um. You know, honestly, not a whole lot. This, this car thing has been bugging me. Uh, yeah. over the course. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, over the course of the last few days and everything, and honestly, I, I'm, I'm just ready for this weather to be over. I love snow. I love winter. I just, I hate this cold. Mm-hmm. The fact that, uh, we're getting later into the day and the sun's coming up and the temperature on my computer is showing that it's dropping. Oh, no. Um, is insane. Yeah. Yeah. We're currently at like one degree. Um, so, uh, like I said, I know it's going to warm up next week. <clears throat> I'm really excited for that to happen, but it's only going to be for a few days and it's supposed to be like slushy, rainy, snowy bullshit. But that's what you sign up for when you live in the Midwest. Yep. So I had somebody, um, I posted something on Facebook the other day, um, saying like, uh, it's like God sitting in a recliner and there's an angel behind him and the angel's asking God, like, like, hey, what's in the freezer? And God responds, Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> and uh somebody commented on there saying uh Texas is in the freezer. And I was like, you guys don't fucking know. Well, they're on, like, the top shelf of the fridge. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think you're in the crisper. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry to you guys that are fucking having a little bit of frost down there in Texas. I know it's a little bit weird for you and shit. I don't even know if Texas owns has heaters down there. I'm sure they do, but... You know, they've probably just never been turned on, but 
I I never want to hear Texas compare their winters to fucking Illinois. Like it's just like I you know I I get it that other places have like this shock to their system when you know their 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 winters actually feel like winters for a couple of days, but no, nah, I mean that's I'm not sorry. all that different from how I feel when it gets over a hundred here. You know, it's pretty rare for it to get over to a, over a hundred here. But you know what? Our society doesn't break down when that happens. No, no, not one bit. We I, don't. We don't get. We don't get notices from the power company like, "Hey, the whole city could go into a blackout or a brownout if you don't turn your AC to seventy-eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, and that's what's nuts. Like you know, like it. Like I remember. Uh, I, I I remember what happened. I can't remember when it happened, but years ago. Like the entire state shut down because there was a dusting, because they don't own salt trucks down in Texas. So if you right. get snow, yeah. So if you get snow down there, unless you live in the Midwest and you go down there, like shit, this ain't nothing. You're fucked. Right. You are. You are fucked because you're saying like I've never driven in snow before in my life. There was this dude that uh, that applied for to work with us that um, you know he he has he has great experience. He'd be a great candidate. But he grew up in Jamaica, <laughs> and our jo- and our idea was him to move to Wisconsin for this job. And uh, I was talking to everyone at work. He's like, "Yeah, you know, this sounds good." Blah blah. And I was like, "Yeah, but this dude's never driven in snow before." Because I, I asked the dude, "Like, you ever driven in snow?" No. It's like we're gonna put him in a brand new fucking truck and stick him in Wisconsin. Right. No. I will say, in his defense, it's not that hard to drive in snow. And the people who've been doing it all their lives forget how every year. That's insane. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's it drives me nuts. Yeah. I was going down to, to Grandma D's last weekend with the, the uh, not just the snow, but the, like, the wind and the visibility. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. This is nothing. Thank goodness no one else is on the road today. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just yeah, I'm so ready for uh, for shitty winter drivers to get back to shitty rain drivers because yep. they're a little bit more tolerable. <laughs> hey, Joe. Yeah, our listeners catch Cartoon Joe here on this freaking show. Uh, almost every week, if not a couple times, uh, you know, a week, whatever. You know, he's here. You know, we're in. Yeah. But uh, you know what? This isn't the only place uh, Cartoon Joe goes. So if uh, our listeners want to find Cartoon Joe or anywhere else, where can they go? We're currently on a uh, winter hiatus. But if you need more Cartoon Joe, there are 10 years of archives over at violentpress.com. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live. You said your uh, first show back is the 27th, right? I think so. Gotcha. Or the third, maybe. I don't know. Excellent. Guys, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just by searching this freaking show. Next season, we'll be be releasing video podcasts of the show for the first time in eight years. Uh, So I'm really excited for that and to see what we're able to do uh, with that over on YouTube. Uh, We'll be released over on the FreakNet Studios YouTube channel. So make sure you head over there and subscribe and everything. I'm really excited to uh, bring that content to you guys as well. But if you prefer the audio, you can still listen to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, 
Um, wherever you find your podcast, you can find us there. Just make sure you are subscribing to us. And if they ask you to rate and review us, go ahead and do that too because it does help us out. Guys, that's all I got. Oh, what's up, Joe? Say nice. I was just, I was just saying nice. See, I love when you do that. See, when some people say nice, it's just like nice. But when you do it, it feels sincere and it just warms my heart. It grows a little bit like the Grinch's thing. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, because you, you make it sound sincere and I believe it. Do it one more time. <laughs> do it one nice. more time. There we go. Fuck yeah, Joe. As always, I am Travis Day. <laughs> I'm Cartoon Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.